Oh yeah, what's up everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Review at Rob Show. A special freaking episode of the Review at Rob Show because this, ladies and gentlemen, as the recording of this episode is the year anniversary of this show, man. And I couldn't have thought of any better way to record the show than in the middle of a freaking thunderstorm. Let me tell you, there is a there's a storm of brewing and not a brewing, then a brewing again going on right now around me. So if you hear like some storming and everything going around in the background. It's just me recreating the Twister experience from Universal Orlando that I never got to experience. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> no, man. Um, today, as the recording of this episode, is the. it's been a year. It's been a year since the creation of this show, since I started to go on this journey, man. Um, you know, and what a crazy, wild journey it's been. It's, you know, just one day I got the idea... Where I was like, man, I just want to do a show where I'm talking movie news and talking, uh, doing a movie review every week. Like, that's that's my thing. I love movies, love talking them. You know, talking everything I can about movies. Be it a new movie release, be it a new trailer, be it news general. You know, just everything about movies I've always loved and it's been like a passion of mine since I was a kid. And, you know, of course the dream is to be an actor and everything and hopefully that, you know, officially comes true one day. But, you know, other than that, I just... I love movies. I've always loved movies. Loved entertainment for as long as I can remember. And just starting this show was like a huge deal. Because yeah, I was doing the Disney's before, but I was like, that's two people, you know. And then I'm not like, not the most social person in the world. I'm getting better, but I'm not the most social person in the world. So the whole idea of me being alone doing a show where I have to do 100% of the talking or 98% whenever I'm playing, you know, audio clips. Because that helps out. But yeah, man, it was just, it's just this crazy, awesome journey to be a part of. And now, just looking back, like a year later, I haven't listened to my first episode since recording it. So uh, I might do that later this week and just see how just crazy that uh, that whole process probably was back then. Um, but yeah, and, you know, just thinking about that and thinking about looking back and seeing where the uh, the show has come now. It's just, you know, I feel definitely a whole lot more comfortable I'm sure a lot of those earlier episodes are just very hard to get through. And I remember recording them, they were hard to get through. It was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, can I do this? My voice was going in and out because I wasn't used to talking so much. And it was just, it was a wild, wild adventure back then. And, you know, looking at where I'm at now, like I said, I feel a lot more comfortable doing these episodes. And I've even, I've even uh, created even more content now to throw out there and, uh, bridge out with the show and just keep building and releasing and talking about all this information that I can find about, you know, the stuff I love doing, man. I mean, at the heart of this show is very simply a huge entertainment fan, huge movie fan, talking about something he's extremely passionate about. And that was the goal when starting the show was just, you know, record it, talk about the things you talk about. And if you find people who gravitate towards it and people who, you know, Love the show. That is awesome, man. It's great to have uh, to have met people and to have this show be reached to so many people and have people enjoy it. And you know, uh, again, I look at where the show's at now, a year later, where I have uh, two bridge off shows. I have the Flixit show that comes out uh, normal, and then I have I have a Patreon now. I have Patreon where I'm doing exclusive content, and right now I have the a Nightmare on Review at Street. Uh, limited series event going on which is you know me watching the nightmare on elm street films for the first time and diving into that horror franchise and seeing how i feel about them and not just 
doing like a review of the movie but kind of finding some facts of behind the scenes stuff of the movies and recording a commentary for the movies at the same time and that's something i'm gonna keep doing with these movies i have um a nightmare on elm street 2 that i'm that will be releasing later this week and it's gonna go on and on throughout the nightmare series and i've already announced that once that series is done or maybe even at the same time depending on you know scheduling i'm gonna jump into the saw series because again I've seen all those movies, but I, you know, I just thought it'd be really fun to go through that series again. I haven't watched most of those movies in a long time. And on top of that, we have the new movie coming out um, pretty soon. And the idea of the Saw series is to get through that in time for the new movie to come out, or at least around the time for the new movie to come out to review that as well. That's another Patreon exclusive. Um, even other Patreon exclusive I have is Friday the 13th. That's coming out later this year in August because that's the first time we have a Friday the 13th this year, and, you know, I've seen the Friday the 13th films, but I haven't completely, I don't remember them, to be honest with you, and it's, it's pretty interesting for me to, like, I literally forgot I watched a couple of those movies, and that's weird and very wild for me, because I don't necessarily forget watching movies, and, you know, I, f I feel like that's gonna be a fun thing to go back through and do, and again, with both of those series, I'm gonna do commentary for them, you know, and, Hopefully that's something that's enjoyed, you know, because honestly it's going to be like an hour to two hours of me just randomly talking during a movie and just giving my feeling because I recorded first watch and it's all real raw first talk and that's what that is. I have other ideas for Patreon exclusives that I haven't really announced, um, but you know, I mean, they, those will be announced eventually. I do know that I teased a special about Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, limited, well, not even limited, um, that's gonna be a show that, I mean, it may start off limited, we'll see where it goes, but, I mean, I love Halloween or Nights as an event, I absolutely am a freaking ecstatic about going to every single year, it's an event I study and pay attention to every single year, it's something that I just continue to just get as much knowledge on, and I'll, I'll announce it here on this special, uh, one-year episode, is that the Patreon exclusive show that's coming for the Halloween Horror Nights thing is I'm gonna do... Still movie reviews, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the IPs. Um, IPs, if you don't know, those are intellectual property where Halloween Horror Nights takes known horror commodities and turns them into a haunted house at um, the event. And the idea I came up with when I was working on this Patreon thing is be really cool to take a look at all the IPs that have been used and, you know, talk about the movie, review the movie, and then talk about the house they made out of and review it and see how they connect and all this stuff and everything. So I thought that'd be a really cool idea and that will uh, be a Patreon exclusive that will be coming pretty soon probably. Um, and you know, I'm just continuing to kick around ideas of what else to do with that Patreon page. But a lot of it's going to be going through the franchises. A lot of it will be commentary for movies. A lot of it will be just me having fun with movies. Uh, be it movies I absolutely love. Be it movies going through a whole franchise, be it movies that I hated, like that I absolutely hate, and I just want to re-watch them and see how I feel about them later, it's just, it's cool, man, it's really cool, and I got merchandise now, like, that's insane to me, to the fact that I've even feel comfortable enough to, where this show, where I'm like, I'm gonna make merchandise and see if anybody's interested, and to my surprise, people have been ordering, now, granted, I ordered two things, but, you know, looking at it, my shirt, it's selling, so that's awesome. I'm glad people love the show enough to be willing to spend money to not only get merchandise, but I have a couple people 
as Patreon so far, and that's just, it's cool, man. It's really, really cool and really surprising, and I love the fact that I'm at this place with the show, and there's only going to be more to come. It's just, I'm going to keep going and keep doing what I can with the show and just keep having fun with it, man. That's why, again, I created this show. It was just a fun place for me to just talk all movie stuff and talk all the stuff I love. So yeah, I'm going to mix Halloween Horror Nights into it because it's one of the things I love extremely a lot. And I, I just I can't believe where this show is at and I can't believe that people, you know, should feel great. And I do feel great that people love the show and that, you know, huge shout out to the people who have been here for me and supporting this show from pretty much the beginning. And, you know, if you've been supporting it since the beginning thank you so much for joining me and having fun with me because again that's what this show is the show is just a dude who freaking loves movies and loves talking about them and loves all things movies and all things entertainment and you know is just talking from his heart on this show and talking with passion about movies and everything else he can talk about so there you go first 10 minutes or so taken up about inside stuff but man it just it feels as one, it just feels incredible to be a year into this show and to still feel passionate about it. Because I'm not gonna lie, there was a point where it's like, you know, yeah, this show is not hitting with people, and I, I don't know what else I can do with the show for it to hit with people. And I'm still, I still have those thoughts in my head every now and then. I'm like, this show is not, it's not really hitting with people, and you know, is it all worth it, and is it worth me taking all this time to do this and that and talk about all this stuff, but, you know, and you're going to have those thoughts creep into your mind with anything you do in life, and to me, I what I told myself is like, yeah, yeah maybe not, maybe it's not doing like you, like a lot of other shows are doing, and maybe it's not as successful as other shows, but what it is successful at is making you happy and making you, uh, you know, appreciative and it's making you feel good about the fact that you're creating something and you're doing this and I told myself that and I'm like you know what that's the truth man I created this show for me to have an outlet to talk about the things I love talking about and the fact that anybody alone listens to the show and supports it is more than enough for me so again thank you so much for all the people out there who support this show and listen to the show weekly yeah, it means a lot. I'm glad you're here with me and enjoying the venture. And uh, the adventure is nowhere near being over. This adventure will keep going and going and going as long as I am, you know, able to keep the show going and going and going. So, um, yeah, that's the long spiel right there about a year later. Here we are. The journey will continue. My uh, movie-loving self will continue doing this show for myself i guess um and be very appreciative for the people who tune in and listen every week and you know i personally i don't know everybody that listens to this show and um you know i wish i could reach out and you know i, I just wish i could uh, uh say thank you to everybody that has supported this show and to all the people who listen to the show weekly and to all the people that you know, have bought the merchandise so far, and there's going to be more merchandise coming. You've seen the logo for uh, a Nightmare on Reveal Street. That thing will be released as a t-shirt without a doubt. That freaking logo, absolutely incredible and amazing. Um, so yeah, I wish I could personally thank all of you, I, I, but I don't know who, who all listens to this show. I'm just, just know I'm very appreciative of everybody. Um, I'm going to do some special shout outs, uh, to Zach from Haunter's Pod. He's been supportive of the show since freaking day one, man. And, um, 
you know, I appreciate it, dude. I know you listen to the show, and uh, I just know I appreciate all the support you've shown me. You've got a shirt before I got a shirt. That's freaking amazing. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's awesome to have people support the show. So thank you so much for continuing to be supportive. You were, like I said, you got the first person to get a shirt. You're the first person who joined the Patreon. It's just awesome to have your support, um, especially somebody super talented like yourself who has an amazingly incredible show like you have in Haunches Pod where you continue to release so much awesome content. So thank you for always supporting the show, Chad. Shout out to you as well. You uh, joined the Patreon as well, and very appreciative of that, man. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, Cassie, who has done the logos. She does the, She did the main logo for the show, and she did the Nightmare on Review of Street logo. Just amazing artist, and glad she took the time to work with me and come up with those logos. So thank you to Cassie as well, who's helped uh, you know get those there, and there will be more to come. She is like the primary artist for me, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, again... Wish I knew everybody listened to the show. I don't. I, I don't know. But I am very thankful for the people who take the time to listen to the show. Been a great year. Crazy to think that when this thing started, just me as a fan, just talking, and here we are a year later, me as a fan still talking. So uh, that's it. No, no longer go on. It took like fourteen, fourteen and a half, fourteen minutes and like half. Anyways, <laughs> fourteen and a half, and you know, just talking randomly. But I'm so happy and giddy about this. So. Now that we got that done, let's jump into some news, shall we? Alright, so the first bit of news we have here is that Adam Wingard, who is uh, part of the Godzilla and Kong movie that will be coming out soon, will be co-writing and directing a face-off project. And this was, uh, a lot of people freaked out about this because they thought it was going to be a remake or reboot or yada yada yada. Uh, He uh, went on to confirm on his Instagram that the movie is not a remake or reimagining it all, but is in fact a sequel in the post, which uh, you can find, of course, on his Twitter page. He wrote, quote, I would never reimagine or remake Face Off. It's a perfect action movie. Simon Baird and I are writing a direct sequel. So there you go. Movie's not being remade or reimagined. We're getting a freaking direct sequel to Face Off, man. I have not seen Face Off in a long time. I don't think I've seen Face Off since it came out, to be honest with you. Um, uh, let's see, the movie just little knowledge here on Face Off. It was released in 1997. The original film starred John Travolta as FBI agent Sean Archer. And it also starred Nicolas Cage as a freelance terrorist and sociopath, Caster Troy. Uh, Arch enemies on each side of the law when Troy plants a nuclear bomb in Los Angeles, of course, but being knocked into a coma during the FBI's apprehension of him. Archer must go undercover as Troy with his crew utilizing a special new technology that allows him to surgically swap faces with the terrorist. Though while Troy wakes up and finds his face gone, he takes on Archer's identity leading to a race against time to keep the other from destroying their lives. Uh, I want to watch that movie again, man. (laughs) I have not seen that movie in a while. Like I said, I don't think I've seen it since it came out, but... I don't remember it being a bad movie, but again, 97, I was like, I wasn't even 10 yet. So, um, I, I definitely need to rewatch that movie, but, and it sounds freaking awesome. And I'm sure it is awesome. I just, I, it's cool that they're, it's kind of the thing we're seeing. I mean, with Halloween that came out in 2018, that was a direct sequel to the original many, many years later. And then we had, I mean, they've done this a couple of times. Uh, the other one that's coming to mind is Dumb and Dumber too. <laughs> um, and I mean, there's been other ones of course, but cool. Good on uh, Jumanji, I think. Yeah, Jumanji counts as a sequel as well. So there you go. Um, 
I see up next news wise Mission Impossible 7 and 8 will no longer be shot back to back as it was planned. Reason for this is that Tom Cruise is going to be doing some promotional duties for Top Gun Maverick reportedly in the summer. And that is fantastic news right there. Uh, I love everything. I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. Let's be honest here. Uh, I was about to say I love everything he does, but there's a couple of movies of his that, you know, but nonetheless, he's my favorite actor of all time. So I'm fine if they're taking time off from shooting these films back to back for him to do promotional duties for Top Gun Maverick because that means Top Gun Maverick is coming. You know, uh, we already already had to wait for it. It was going to come out last year around my birthday, I think. It's going to be a birthday present to myself to go see that movie in theaters. Now, many, you know, we had to wait many months and we're into a new year and all that stuff. And thankfully, it seems like the movie is still actually going to release this year. So that's cool. That is awesome. Um, problem with that is I'm iffy on how I feel about movie theaters right now. You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I mentioned it in earlier episodes how much I missed going to the movie theater. And uh, when they're releasing these new movies on video on demand, it's $20. I'm like, you know, when I go to the movies, I can pay like five, ten dollars $10. I'm good to go. Do I really want to double or triple the amount that I want to pay for a movie on demand? And, you know, I fought for, fought for a while and I'm like, and there's no theaters really open by me. And it's like, well, I can't go to the movie theater anyways if I wanted to. But now it's just since everything's been going on and then just recently, I want to say like a couple of days ago, maybe a week ago, uh, they, you know, movie theaters are starting to complain about the fact that minimum wage may be going up and they can't survive it and that it's too much money and it's going to be too much for them to take on and handle and they don't want to pay their people more. And I'm like, freaking, you know, you're just complaining and complaining and complaining and it's like you're not doing anything to help build the case for people to want to come back and watch movies in theaters even me who's a diehard freaking movie fan and supports the movie theater experience is like you're making it really really hard to want to come back and watch movies in theaters like you're making it extremely hard at this point and i hate to say it i want it and want the theaters to survive i want business to survive in movies but it's just it's getting to that point man and I'm telling you this, being able to watch movies right away on the HBO Max thing and being able to watch them as many times as I want for 30 days is an awesome thing. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, if they just want to keep being hard-headed about everything, it's just like, hey, push comes to shove, you know. So, we'll see what happens. Again, maybe movie theaters get their heads out of their asses, everything get back to normal. Um, anyways, diverting a little bit from movies into the TV world, the Last of Us has cast their two leads. The HBO uh, series as being based off of the hit video game has cast Pedro Pascal. Very busy Pedro Pascal, man. He's what, in The uh, Mandalorian? He was most recently in Wonder Woman 84 and countless other things. And here we go now. He is now going to be playing Joel in the Game of Thrones and uh, in the Game of Thrones in The Last of Us series in Game of Thrones. Actress Bella Ramsey will be playing Ellie in the Game of Thrones series coming to HBO. The show will be based on the hit-to-video game of the same name. Uh, if you don't know about The Last of Us, the series takes place 20 years after modern civilization has been destroyed. Joel, a hardened survivor, is hired to smuggle Ellie out of an oppressive quarantine zone. What starts as a small job soon becomes a brutal, heartbreaking journey as they both must traverse across the U.S. and depend on each other for survival uh this is a series should be interesting uh, i think the show i think the show works perfectly fine for uh basing this video game on a show it works perfectly fine 
Um, I haven't played the second game yet. I, I know I need to get on that, but I'm sure the first series is going to be mostly uh, the first game anyway. So that's cool, man. I'm excited for it. Hopefully, I'm sure it'll be on HBO Max, which is great because I have HBO Max, which I freaking love HBO Max, by the way. Um, just an absolute delight, and plus I get all the DC stuff. So there you go. Um, really cool of them to be working on that, though. And, you know, I'm excited about it. It seems, you know, I, I get worried when they start taking video games I love and turning them into, uh, you know, movies and stuff. And I'm like, uh, please don't mess this up kind of deal. Which goes into my next bit of news, uh, Uncharted. Love that game series. Probably my uh, favorite game, video game series, if you will. And very nervous when they announced this movie was being made. And then when they announced Tom Holland playing Nathan Drake, I'm like, eh, Okay, maybe. And then when they announced Mark Wahlberg, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, Mark Wahlberg is Sully, which, you know, I mean, nothing is Mark Wahlberg, but he just seems to play the same freaking thing over and over and over and over again. And it's like, come on, man, just give me, you know, something else. So that was a little bit of a... And I've gone back and forth about how I feel about this because, again, I'm so attached to that video game series. I'm like, don't mess this up. Um, and that's already done shooting. That should be coming out maybe later this year did they push it i think they push it next year um it's funny because recent news came out that tom holland uh he said he had to adjust to acting more like peter parker again after playing nathan drake uh because of course nathan drake is more of a you know he's got more charisma to him he's got more swagger to him and everything while peter parker not like that really um <laughs> A little bit, but, you know, Nathan Drake is just so much more over the top and uh, and all that. So, which makes me feel kind of good because Tom Holland's so in key with the character, it seems. So, now it doesn't make me have too much of a worry about this movie anymore. But there you go. Uh, speaking of videos, I got a lot of video games to movie news here. And probably very good and surprising news. I think Eli Roth listens to my show, everybody. I, th I got a feeling Eli Roth listens to this show. And the reason why, let me tell you. He's directing this uh, Borderlands game. I think I've talked about it the last two weeks. I know nothing about Borderlands. Absolutely nothing about it. But last week came news that Jamie Lee Curtis was cast in the movie. And freaking, you know me, love Jamie Lee Curtis. She's top ten favorite actress of mine, right? So I was like, hey man, that, that's got me interested. That might make me watch this movie. Now, we've got news coming out that... One of my favorite actors has been cast in this movie. Uh, and, you know, it was announced by Lionsgate that Jack Black has been cast to play Claptrap in the upcoming Borderlands live-action movie. Uh, Jack Black will provide his voice to do some voice acting for the Yellow Robot, which has been seen as the mascot for Borderlands. Uh, Eli Roth went on to say, quote, I am so excited to reunite with Jack this time in the recording booth. And he went on to say, quote, Claptrap is the funniest character in the game, and Jack is perfect to bring him to the big screen. Uh, Eli Roth and Jack Black worked together on A House with a Clock in Its Walls. Not a bad movie overall. Um, so cool. I guess I'm seeing this Borderlands movie now, because I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I love Jack Black. Easily top ten favorite actress and actor right there. And there you go. I guess I'm seeing Borderlands. <laughs> you know? know absolutely nothing about it which i think is actually proven to be like a good thing for me with watching some of these things you know going in without full knowledge like for a perfect example haven't read a single hunger games book 
Not a single one of them. So I was going into every single one of those movies not knowing what to expect to come or what not, not what to expect to happen or anything like that. And I felt like that was a great experience for me because, you know, again, I didn't know anything that was going on. I didn't know anything that was going to happen, which was a lot of fun. So me knowing absolutely nothing about Borderlands at all, it's fine with me. I mean, is that the game where the freaking the character on the front is like uh, doing the Jeff Hardy pose? With the, like, gun fingers to his head? Or is that, like, a different game? I don't know. I have no idea. But, you know, hey, Borderlands. Probably gonna be something I end up seeing now. Not even probably. I will end up seeing it because of Jack Black and Jamie Lee Curtis. Alright, moving forward, some uh, back-to-TV news. The CW has ordered a pilot for the live-action Powerpuff Girls sequel series. What the hell is a sequel? Oh, sequel series. Okay, I got it. Uh, the series is being developed by writer and executive producers Heather Ragner? Ragner? Ragner. Ragner, for sure. From uh, iZombie and Diablo Cody from Jennifer's Body. Great movie. Fantastic movie. Uh, this uh, show will see the titular trio. What a word. As disillusions 20-somethings who resent having spent their entire childhood fighting crime and struggling to reunite as the world needs them more than ever. Uh, the Powerpuff Girls was created and debuted in 1998, centering around Professor Utonium. Yeah, centering on Professor Utonium, an attempt to create the perfect little girl ends up creating the trio Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup from the combination of sugar, spice, everything nice, and the mysterious Chemical X. So, this is going to the CW. It's going to be a live-action show. I feel like it will fit fine on the CW. They've been known for doing the kind of teenage 20-something characters for a while. They've been doing some DC character stuff as well there. And it's just, you know, I think it fits fine on that network. And, you know, the Powerpuff Girls is something I loved growing up. I enjoyed watching the show a lot growing up. Like, Cartoon Network was... Destination programming for me when I was younger. You know, Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's Laboratory, IR Baboon, you know, uh, Curse the Cowardly Dog, all that good stuff. And, or Johnny Bravo, and Ed, Ed, and Eddie. You know, so, more power to him, man. Uh, you know, if you're taking this character and turning it into something, I wonder if we'll get to see, like, a live-action Dexter or Johnny Bravo at some point. But, you know, it's it's an interesting idea. Now they're like moody 20-somethings who are upset that they didn't get to live out their childhood. And the world is crumbling around them and they've got to band back together. Could be a very interesting show if uh, done correctly. And you got two people. iZombie was a really fun show. And, I mean, Jennifer's Body is a... Uh, I was going to say underrated horror movie, but it seems like it's picking up its cult following as the years have gone on. So, you know, they got a team there. They got an interesting idea, so it might be worth watching. CW, uh, if you have the CW, you can get the CW on Nintendo, to be honest with you. So, you have opportunities to watch CW. I think, like, episodes debut the day afterwards on the CW app. I don't know that for sure. Don't take my word on it, but I feel like that's a thing. So, hey, good form. Powerpuff Girls. Alright, uh, up next in Remake World, Wizard of Oz is getting a remake over at New Line Cinema. New Line is promising that the upcoming film will be a, quote, fresh take on Dorothy in the Land of Oz, adding that it can draw on other elements from Garland's Wizard of Oz, like the prized ruby red slippers. Um, hey, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, when the first film came out in the 30s, so, you know, 
and they've tried to do other stuff with the Wizard of Oz. I talked last week, there is a Broadway play called Wicked that has its own kind of take on the Wizard of Oz. And we've got, um, we had the movie with James Franco. I can't remember the name of that movie. I, I, I never saw it, but I, I know there's a James Franco Wizard of Oz movie out there as well. You know, Wizard of Oz is uh, a classic, classic film that, you know, gets played every single year. Like, it's one of those classic movies that never goes away. Like, it's always on. You know, like TBS or TNT, like one of the Turner channels. And, you know, I mean, hey, you want to take a stab at it, you want to update it, make it to this world, add some newer elements into it, more power to you. I've talked constantly about how I feel about remakes, and I have no problem with things being remade because it does absolutely nothing to the original film whatsoever. So, you got a problem with a remake? Hey, cool, you still got the original over there, you can watch whenever you want, and it does absolutely nothing for a movie being remade other than bringing a new possible audience to the to the brand, if you will. And they want to do that with The Wizard of Oz? More power to them, man. We'll see what they bring with this uh, remake and see what kind of new stuff they end up giving us. Wizard of Oz, man, let me tell you, they came out in like the 30s again, so the vast majority of us have been like desensitized to stuff. I know me personally, I grew up watching horror films. Like, it's it's been there, and... You know, when I watch horror movies and stuff now, it, it takes a lot for me to even jump and all that stuff. Even walking through haunted houses at Halloween Horror Nights, it doesn't really affect me. I'm more of, oh man, I just love the way this is. And I love the way everything's going on. I love the way thing looks. And I love the feeling of walking through the houses. And I love the feeling of watching horror movies. I know, which is weird to a lot of people. It freaks them out and it's scary and, you know, all that stuff. And to me, I just love the the art of it. You know, so... And Wizard of Oz back in the 30s, like, that freaked people out, man. And, you know, we'll see what they do with the, you know, with the remake. Do they go, do they lean into the horror aspects a little bit more? Who knows? We'll see what happens. You know, it's it's on them to work on that, man. But that's an interesting thought process as well, to just think about how, you know, these classic films, and you look at the history of them, you look how scary they were. Like, for perfect example, The Exorcist, when that came out, that was such a big game changer for the world. And you look at it, and you look at back in the day, and it's like you certainly, Exorcist and some or certain other horror movies where they had to literally warn you before going to see this movie. Like, they literally had to warn people before seeing these movies. Of course, nowadays, it's nothing, right? <laughs> you know, for a lot of people, it's nothing, and we always say, yeah, that's why you always see the trailer, scariest movie of the year, or scariest movie of all time. Like, dude, calm it down, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just crazy to think about those things and see how much the world has changed over the decades, and especially in the horror genre, you know. Of course, obviously, things have changed the way films look and, you know, CGI and stuff of that nature, but, but I don't know. Just cool to think about and cool to look into the history of film. Again, movie fan. <laughs> with a show that's kind of what you get sometimes you get them rambling about the history of movies yeah god i love doing the show man just being able to talk openly about movies is just so freaking awesome that's why i started this show and i love being able to do that and that's what keeps me doing the show man if people show up awesome the reason i do this show is just to talk about my love all right uh next bit of news we got here is that michelle rodriguez and justice smith have joined the dungeons and dragons movie cast uh, the movie adaptation, of course, of the popular tabletop role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons is happening. 
with uh, the co-directors from 2018's Game Night. Fantastic movie. See that movie if you haven't seen it. And the writers of Spider-Man Homecoming. Another good movie. Check it out. They will be directing the Dungeons & Dragons film. Uh, Chris Pine is set to star. (laughs) Um, I said that like I was William Shatner. (laughs) So yeah, Chris Pine is set to star. Michelle Rodriguez and Justice Smith, who is from the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom film, have also joined the cast. The upcoming adaptation comes courtesy of Hasbro and Paramount. The movie, according to Deadline, is a take on a subversive approach to the game. I I know nothing about Dungeons & Dragons, but what I do know about this and what I do know about Michelle Rodriguez's uh, casting here is that she will be acting in a much more believable movie this time around instead of one of those uh, Fast and Furious films. (laughs) Took a shot. Took it right to him. Yep, I have a feeling Dungeons and Dragons will be a hundred times more believable than any, any of those Fast and Furious films. Alright, so let's talk about horror movies, shall we? Why not? Let's go ahead and talk some horror, you know? And first up in horror movie news, we got that there is a possibility for a sequel to The Fog. Uh, John Carpenter said there's been talk of a sequel to The Fog. There's been talk of sequels for a bunch of my movies. They just haven't happened yet because of various reasons. He adds, but quote, goes on to say, yeah, we've talked about them and I'm open to them. So be on the lookout for uh, John Carpenter sequels to be taking over just like Stephen King films have been taking over. What I mean by that is when Stephen King stuff started getting options and started working out, they tried to re- uh, make as many movies out of his books as possible. That went on for a while, then It came out, was a huge success, and now we're back in the world of Stephen King stuff being like, hey, let's remake his stuff. Um, John Carpenter... Fantastic horror mastermind, right? Halloween. Most recent talk about is that he was just came out in 2018. Uh, very highly anticipated Halloween Kills comes out later this year. You know, his stuff is being made. His, uh, his creations are still out there. Stuff will continue to be remade. They've been talking about doing a freaking... Uh, what is it? Big Trouble in China or whatever the hell that movie they is. It's escaping me right now. <laughs> but that's been talked about happening for some time now. So... It's going to happen, and I think a sequel to The Fog is very possible. The last Fog movie did not get well received. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, the Fog is a 1980 classic film written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, who collaborated on so many classic things, including Halloween. Uh, the movie is about an unearthly fog rolls into a small coastal town exactly 100 years after a ship mysteriously sank in the waters. So there you go. Uh, if they want to do a Fog sequel, go for it. If you want to do sequels to his other films, go for it. Uh, let's see. Will Eubank and Christopher Landon. Hey, that's interesting. The movie I'm reviewing, I think. It has something to do with Christopher Landon. Um, they are teaming up to direct a new Paranormal Activity film for Paramount Players, set for release on March 4th, 2022. The project is described as a new, unexpected retooling of the franchise. Landon returns to write his fifth paranormal movie with executive produce and will executive produce with, of course, who? Blumhouse. That's right. Blumhouse will be a part of this thing as well. Uh, Paramount and Blum teamed for the original Paranormal Activity back in 2009, which was produced on a micro budget and went on to gross more than $190 million worldwide and spawning five sequels. 
and I've seen maybe one of those movies. <laughs> um, Paranormal Activity is not a franchise for me. Let me just put it that way. And it's because it's the freaking found footage cam. I, I don't like that kind of movie shot. So I haven't seen a lot of those movies. And what I will do, what, and what I will tell you, I'm thinking about doing that as a Patreon special as well, where I go through all those movies for the first time and just see how that goes. Um, but yeah, another Paranormal Activity coming. Uh, not even another Paranormal Activity. Sounds like they are... Uh, remaking it, I guess, rebooting it, so, uh, retooling of the franchise, if you will, so there you go, more paranormal activity coming for those people who love paranormal activity, uh, let's see, yeah, sorry, took a long pause there, <laughs> um, unmade Stanley Kubrick movie, Lunatic at Large, is getting a feature film, uh, the project was one of three film stories that were found in uh, Kubrick's library after he died in 1999. Details are under wraps, but producers have described it as a film noir thriller in keeping with other collaborations between Kubrick and frequent collaborator screenwriter Jim Thompson. Production is slated to begin in fall of 2021. That's cool, man. It's awesome when you can find like unearthed stuff and be able to re-release them. Stanley Kubrick, if you love them, you love them. Um... I mean, a lot of people love his Shining. And he did other movies, of course. But, cool, man. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, Fox is... Next bit of news we got here. Fox is developing an animated series adaptation of Clue. Uh, cool, man. I mean, Clue is a fun game to play with certain people. I've played it a couple times in my life. Not too bad. Uh, of course, I had an awesome movie starring Tim Curry in the 80s. And they're working on another live-action movie with Ryan Reynolds at the moment. Styles trying to get that off the ground. Uh, Foxwell has began development on a series adaptation of the property, though. So, a lot of stuff going on with the Clue world, and all I have to say is that both the live-action movie and the anime series better have a way for Tim Curry to be in it. That's all I'm going to say. Alright, um, HBO and HBO Max content chief Casey Blois. <laughs> um, Blois? Blows? Blows. Blois. Blows. Anyways, I don't know. It's a year of me messing up names, boy, let me tell you. Um, Casey, we're just called Casey, has confirmed that the Suicide Squad spinoff series Peacemaker is expected to premiere on HBO Max on January 22nd. So that's going to be next, or January 22nd. Yeah, I guess that's next year. Is that 2022? I don't know. It just says January 22nd. Um, it just says January 22. Whatever. Uh, she said, it's a great example of what HBO Max can do with DC content and that we're producing at a level we haven't seen DC content on TV do thus far. Um, she went on to say that it's been one of Warner Media CEO Anne Sarnoff's prior, uh, priorities to organize the DC world for exactly what you're talking about. To make sure that the universe is logical and makes sense. She talks about the flywheel, that the movies speak to the TV shows that speak to the movies, that it's all connected. <laughs> There's a lot of work going on in that DC and Warner Brothers. That is very much something that Anne has made a priority and the company is doing. It's one of the things in terms of Warner Media today versus Time Warner five years ago. I have regular conversations now. With Warner Brothers film chief Toby Emmerich and DC content chief Jim Lee. Jim Lee, what an awesome person. And we talk about all things in a way that never would have been discussed before. That's probably how you get a little DC over here and a little DC over there, etc. 
the idea going forward is that we're talking with one voice about the DC universe. It's really valuable word to have, and we want to make sure we're using it correctly. That's awesome to hear, man. Um, so Peacemaker, first off, is going to be played by John Cena. He's getting his own show based off a Suicide Squad character that we haven't fully seen yet. Um, it's good to hear that uh, Warner and DC are trying to take things a little more serious and you know try to connect everything and be one story so hopefully that's going to be all started over with uh, which with uh what i'm assuming they'll do with the uh flash movie i guess and good on them man i love dc i love dc to death i will always love dc and it's good to know that they're trying to work their hardest to make everything connect and make sense and connect the uh, movies to the tv and all that stuff so i'm glad they're working on that i'm glad they're getting that stuff done having jim lee a part of it i think it's a great idea and you know, who knows who the one voice is going to be, but it seems like they're trying their best to get everything working, and hopefully they will try their best to kick Amber Heard's ass out of Aquaman 2, because that is a film I'm not seeing as long as she's in it. So, hopefully that gets done. Uh, other superhero news, Zawi Ashton has been, Ashton, I think I said that right, Zawi Ashton has been cast in Captain Marvel 2, to where it is unclear exactly what her character will be in the film, those sources say that she will be the main villain. Uh, along with Brie Larson, the cast will also include Amon Villainy, reprising her role as Miss Marvel from the upcoming Disney Plus series of the same name, and Tiana Paris as Monica Rambeau from, of course, WandaVision. Captain Marvel 2 is slated to release in theaters on November 11th, 2022. 11-11, baby. Um... It's another movie I need to rewatch the first Captain Marvel because I don't remember being too blown away by that movie. Um, so there you go. Uh, last bit of superhero news we have right here is that uh, during the filming of The Batman, one of the cast members did not believe that they were talking to Colin Farrell. Um, they're very shocked and surprised when they found out that Colin Farrell was the Penguin because Colin Farrell is so unrecognizable. Uh, it ended up being a funny story. They thought one of the extras was being you know, extra acting, if you will, uh, until he found out that it was actually Colin Farrell's The Penguin, and that is freaking awesome to know that they're taking it so freaking seriously, and he's so in character that you can barely tell it's Colin Farrell, that's awesome. All right, and last bit of news? Yes, last bit of news here is pretty fun news. The Righteous Gemstones has been picked up for a season two, confirmed by a casting report, and the reason I know that is because the casting is going on here in Charleston, South Carolina. And that is awesome, man. Uh, I love that show. Watched it recently. It was a freaking blast to watch. And, you know, I got to be on the show uh, in, in like an extra role. And I am in episode three, if you want to check it out. I am sitting in a pew. Um, and it's cool. And, you know, I'll, I'll put in to try to be an extra again for the filming that's going to take place here for season two. But it's awesome to know that the show's getting a season two because I thought it was really enjoyable and fun and more. More than just for the fact that I was, you know, had the chance to be an extra on it, and more than the fact that it was filmed here, I thought it was a really fun show and really good show. So, Righteous Gemstones season two has been confirmed, and confirmed that my throat hurts from talking about all that news. Holy crap! So, gonna take a break, gonna play an awesome ad, and then come back and get freaky. I'll be back. 
Do you like to go to Halloween Horror Nights? Do you yourself like Hollow Scream, haunted attractions, ghostly encounters, and other scary things? Or maybe on the weekend, you like to summon a ghost or go find yourself a demon. If you do, then this is the podcast for you. Haunters! You can follow us every Wednesday on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Haunters Pod. Where we're ready to haunt you. Ah, wonderful, it comes off kind of creepy. We're keeping it! Good morning. morning. That's me, Millie. Ordinary, boring Millie. I love your dress. I think I saw it at Discount Bonanza. (laughs) Okay, so I was never the most popular. Homecoming's this weekend. Booker is going to be at the dance. And boys never really noticed me. (laughs) Honestly, if this was a horror movie, I'd be one of the first ones to get killed. You, the creepy dude in the mask. Like I said. (laughs) But actually, it turns out. Where am I? I didn't get killed. Oh my god, why do I sound like that? I woke up in the killer's body. (laughs) The Blissfield Butcher strikes again. Don't freak out. (laughs) You're black! I'm gay! We are so dead! Ow! Will you stop? It's me, it's Millie! Hill, Hill, Blissfield, I feel our glory and our might. Oh my god! And not only is that psycho wearing my body, he's killing it. He's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Who knows how many of our friends he's gonna kill? Are you sure this is safe? No. Oh my god, it's a slaughterhouse. I have like less than six hours to swap back or I'm going to be stuck in this body forever. Hurry up, loser, I gotta take a dump. I have to admit, it hasn't been all bad. I'm sorry, sir, I didn't mean to interrupt. I... Move! How's that feel? I'll make you wish your stupid face was never born. Oh my god, did you just pee yourself? Yes! Whoa, what am I wearing? I'm actually really liking this for you. together. I want my body back. Come and get it. Look, I know I look like the butcher, but it's Millie. He's crazy. Okay, Booker, can you look at me, please? Booker! Try up, bitch. Booker, help! Booker! Will you shut up? <laughs> Booker! All right, that was the trailer for Freaky. Freaky is a story of a 17-year-old by the name of Millie Kessler who spends her days trying to survive high school and the cruel actions of the popular crowd. But when she becomes the latest target of the Butcher, the town's infamous serial killer, her senior year becomes the least of her worries. worries. When the Butcher and Millie magically switch bodies, the frightened teen learns she has just 24 hours to get her identity back before she looks like a middle-aged maniac forever. Movie was released on November, Friday the 13th of 2020, directed by Christopher Landon. Told you I was going to come back up. Uh, on a budget of $6 million, and it made $15.2 million. So, Freaky. 
is freaking fun, man. It was a fun movie. I really, 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 really had a lot of fun with this movie. I enjoyed the way they treated it. It was... It's, it's a freaking horror comedy. It's what it is. Uh, it's pretty funny because I just got done watching these freaking teenage romance movies for uh, the Flixit show. And it wasn't my cup of tea. But man, when you give me a horror movie that features freaking, you know, teenagers getting killed, sign me up. <laughs> you know? So uh, the movie, it was, I really like everything they did with the movie. I thought it was fun. It's freaking brutal. I was not expecting it to be as brutal as it was. Uh, you know, I like the idea of the movie. Is it's obviously Freaky Friday meets horror realm. Uh, Freaky Friday in the horror realm, I think, is the best best uh, way to uh, to describe it. I think the way they handled things in the film was really, really, really well done. And you know, so you know, and looking at the notes I took down during this, um, you know, I uh, wrote down wasted no time. Which the movie starts off like pretty much right away. It does not waste any time getting into it, and it is super violent <laughs> starting off. So I like the way the movie started, I like the feel of the movie, I like the way they were going with everything. It it just felt right, like the movie felt right from uh, the very beginning. Uh, and and in the beginning, they pay tribute to Halloween, if you will, if you'll catch it. If you're a horror movie fan and a Halloween fan, you'll catch the little tribute they uh, did there. And that's another thing I really liked about this movie is they pay tributes to a lot of horror movies. You can catch a lot of horror horror references, be it uh, Halloween or be it, of course, Friday the 13th, which uh, the movie was released on Friday the 13th. They even mentioned Friday the 13th in the movie, uh, the date, not the actual, the actual movie, but you can catch other horror movie um, references and fills and, you know, tropes and stuff of that nature, be it Halloween, be it Friday the 13th, be it Killer Reunion, bro. There's stuff that reminds you of so many horror movies in this. Uh, let's see. I liked the way that they handled the body switch. Um, so again, like I said, it's kind of like Freaky Friday in the horror universe. And with the two characters switch bodies, I felt like they, you know, again, I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously. Um, I like the way they handled it, man. And I like the way, like, things worked out when they switched bodies. I'll just leave it at that. I just think that they handled that very smartly and did it in a very good way. Um, the movie stars Catherine Newton as uh, Millie. And uh, after watching the movie, she's been cast in the Ant-Man film. She's going to be playing um, Ant-Man's daughter. Her name's escaped me. Was it Cassie? Cassie Lang? Um, thought she was good. Thought she did her purpose in the movie. And... Um, the two versions that she has to play in the film, I thought she did really good. And Vince Vaughn, fantastic in this movie. I think he was absolutely great. That's one of the things that you think about uh, when you know people who are known mostly for comedy do like horror movies. We've seen it with uh, Jim Carrey, which the number twenty three. I don't know if that's necessarily a horror movie as much as it is like a suspense thriller and mystery. But more recently, we saw it with Kevin James and uh, what was it, Becky. And I thought he was great. And I thought he was very menacing. And that's kind of the thing you get when you think of people who you're used to making you laugh. Trying to see them in a serious, you know, role. And before the body switch, um, Vince Vaughn, who is, of course, playing the Butcher, is believable. I, I feel that he is pretty believable as a mass freaking butching killer in this movie. So he's believable. And then when we do the body switch and he's now playing the 17-year-old girl, it's like, holy freaking crap, this is great you know i thought he was so good man so 
overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was very well done. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it from start to finish. Had an absolute blast while watching it, which brings me to my next point or my next little topic to talk about here. I've heard people comparing it to Happy Death Day, which Christopher Landon did as well. And I don't get it, man. I don't know what I'm missing with Happy Death Day, but I did not enjoy that movie. Like, I really did not enjoy the movie. The second movie I have no problem with because they treated it like the comedy that it fucking is. But the first film, I don't know what it is. I think mostly the reason I have a problem with the first film is the ending. I feel like the ending was just... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um... I don't know, man. I don't know what it is about Happy Death Day that I'm not getting that everybody else is getting. I, I I don't know what it is. And it's probably, again, one of those movies I need to go back and rewatch because I don't know what it is that people love about that movie so much. And then they started comparing this movie to it and saying, oh, they would love to see a crossover between those two, these two movies. Hey, you know, again, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know. But at the same time, to each its own. People can love what they want to love. That's perfectly fine. I I will gladly uh, take the opportunity to rewatch Happy Death Day and try to catch up with what people enjoy about him. Because, again, I don't personally understand. But um, as far as that whole crossover idea, or as even as far as the sequel idea for the movie, uh, director Christopher Landon was asked about it recently. And he said, in terms of a sequel to Freaky, I don't think it's ever going to happen because I honestly don't know if the studio has an appetite for a sequel. I think they're quite comfortable with it being a standalone movie, and to be honest, I am too, because we didn't really have an idea for a sequel. It wasn't like, oh, this has to be the continuation of the story, whereas with Happy Death Day movies, they kind of had a whole life after that. But you never know, and that is true. You never know with uh, horror movies or with Blumhouse movies, because as mentioned there, Happy Death Day did get a sequel. Um, Paranormal Activities had several sequels, <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't put it past them to decide to do a sequel if they wanted to do a sequel. Um, so hey, why not? There's a possibility for a sequel, definitely. So, overall feelings of the movie, I enjoyed it from start to finish. Had an absolute blast watching this movie. I thought it was a good time. Loved the brutalness of it. Loved the horror aspect. Loved the comedy. It was a it was a horror comedy for sure. And they hit. Very much a hit in my opinion. So two very enthusiastic thumbs up for this movie. Uh, one more observation I had with this movie, if you will, is Catherine Newton, the star of the movie, should play Buffy Summers. Because I'm sure they will do another Buffy the Vampire remake. I'm sure they will... Uh, well, I guess not another remake. We had the movie and we had the show. Um, I'm sure that show is probably due at some point to be remade. And I say Catherine Newton should play Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And especially after seeing this movie, I, I will say that. And I will say because there is a scene in this movie that leads into my belief for this happening. So if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen the movie, be on the lookout for that. I think you'll I think you'll notice what I'm talking about. Why she would make a good Buffy Summers. Got it? Alright, cool. So, Freaky, two very enthusiastic thumbs up. I may even go ahead and watch it again after this because I have it for a two-day rental. Thanks to Redbox. Um But yeah, man. Really enjoyed that movie. Thought they handled everything perfectly. Very fun time. I need to rewatch Happy Death Day because people freaking love that movie. And I gotta figure out what that is. Again, like I said, people can have their own thoughts and opinions and desires. doesn't have any weight on me whatsoever. I'm allowed to have my own opinions, thoughts, and desires as well. So, 
I will definitely check out Happy Death Day again to see why people enjoy that movie so much and compare it to this movie so much because I feel like Freaky is a much, 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 much better movie. So, there you go. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you. Happy anniversary review, Rob. Happy anniversary review, Rob. <laughs> One year of absolute fantastic time doing this show. Been several downs, but so many ups in the process of doing the show, and uh, whether it's successful right away, or if it takes a while for it to be successful, or maybe it's never a, a success from the amount of people that listen to it, is is a success in my heart, because I enjoy doing this show, and I created this show for me to have an outlet to talk about the thing I love. So I'm happy to have been doing this for a year. And I plan so many other years to come and so many special shows to come as well. So thank you to everybody that's been on this journey. I appreciate the people who have supported the show and uh, the uh, journey will continue. So that'll do it for this week's episode. And remember that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one remembers to turn on the light. Talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me this week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get updates on all new episodes. As well, follow me on Twitter at review underscore it underscore Rob. Stay tuned for more adventures.